like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... so good at hitting the space bar. I mean, you've been hitting the space bar for like four years at this point. This is a mouse-related activation now. Yeah. So just think about oh. that. Oh, I forgot. I forgot you've had to pivot. You've had to transfer skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had to go from space bar pressing to button pressing. Yep. And he presses my buttons frequently. So he is very <laughs> good at it. <laughs> Marriage <laughs> jokes, but I'm... But I'm... Oh, wives, right? They're they stupid. Ball and chain, right, fellas? Oh. oh. <laughs> Take my wife, please. please. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, uh, Thorn, a wood chipper, right? Jokes about uh, wife. Uh, uh, I married a person I hate. Hilarious. We, it's we, so <laughs> funny. We, uh, we don't get a divorce, but we hate each other. Wife jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is far too depressing. We're going to just it's immediately a, pump the brakes on this one. We're going to It's pivot. a whole fucking subgenre of humor I never understood. We're going to make a 90, it. a sharp 90 degree angle, and we're going to talk about... Boogers. What, n- no. Only 90? We're not doing a 180? <laughs> Still be crappy. No, okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you about something I read, which is very scary for those uh, lovers of pancakes. Um, oh, who who the husband you hate is one of those. Yeah. I do love pancakes. Um, here's the problem. Oh no. The Canadian group, the Quebec Maple Syrup Producers, recently announced that it had to release 50 million pounds of its strategic maple syrup reserves. <laughs> I do know they have maple syrup reserves. And I they didn't had know to that. give that's that equals yep. equals about half of its total stockpile because um there was apparently some jump of 21% in demand worldwide for maple syrup this last year. Oh, oh my God. Everyone's quarantining at home. They're sad and they, and they want, want pancakes. Ma- they want yeah. pancakes. They're like, pancakes and waffles make me feel Making better. Making maple bacon bullshit. Who the fuck knows? You know? So, uh, yeah, they had to release 50 million pounds of their reserves um, because more people are buying more maple syrup. Now, the United States is Quebec's number one. 2021, customer. the year of maple um, <laughs> syrups. But other other places are now getting into that maple syrup game, realizing it's oh, delicious. Shit. And, it's, and, and like artificial maple syrup just tastes like sugar. Yeah, it's not. It's it doesn't taste like anything. No. no, it's trash. Hang on. Who's the number two buyer of maple syrup? Is it Canada? It doesn't list. Mm. Um, they, but, I got to figure out what country to set on fire so Quebec, I can get my. The, the province of Quebec produces nearly seventy percent of the world's uh, maple Pretty syrup. Good. Yeah, because when you go to Disneyland, I'll let you in know a little secret. They don't have actual maple syrup. No. They just have, they have that shitty stuff. They have like Aunt Jemima's or whatever. Which, which really, bu- not it's not even that. It bums me out too because their pancakes Cisco. are so good. <laughs> yeah, but then they yeah, have it's Cisco called like pancake system. syrup. Yeah. Corn. It's not. They're not even trying to pretend it's maple flavored. No, it's pancakes. Yeah, corn syrup, sweet sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fuck you, Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah. I guess um, it, this is not the first time that the stockpile has been in the news either. If you may recall, in 2012, 3,000 tons of maple syrup were stolen. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and they yeah. were trying to sell it on the black market um, because the the total equivalent value of that 3,000 pounds of maple syrup was 19 million dollars. Yeah, it's a lot. It's of, a lot. I also wonder if they're uh, 
I wonder if because of the pandemic, if less people were able to harvest maple syrup. So if the global warming, if it like dipped down in supply and then tipped up in demand. No, it's the warming of the it's the warming of the globe is because the uh, the because there's a very specific time of year in which you can harvest the sap. And the problem is because of global warming, that amount of time was shortened. So Um, we're murdering polar bears and depriving ourselves of maple syrup because yep. of our dependency this on fossil fuels lo- yeah this is what we're losing thanks republicans yeah <laughs> thanks man it's all it's 100 their fault yeah it's all their fault also boomer republican thanks thanks democrats for being too much of pussies to do anything about it thanks obama thanks obama <gasps> yeah well thanks speak- richard nixon <laughs> Speaking of maple Thanks, syrup Millhouse. Beans. Millhouse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nixon, right? Isn't yeah, his middle name Millhouse? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Martin Van Buren. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I was like, that joke didn't land. I think that's his middle name. It might be Millhouse. Yeah, no, it was Millhouse. You're right. <laughs> okay. But anyway, speaking of Millhouses. <laughs> Hi. 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 Speaking of a joke I didn't get, welcome to the Booze and Bruce podcast. We're the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We drink thematically appropriate beer. And my jokes are just not valued or understood. Look, on the list of knowledge that I keep in my cranium, which at this point in my almost 40 years is a lot, Richard Nixon's middle name, not one of them. I don't know. It's, yeah, it is weird that I just assumed everyone would know that. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that's a bit mm-hmm. odd. Um, but now I will hopefully never forget that. And yeah, I made night, assumptions. I made assumptions. Yeah. I apologize. I put that on you. Yeah. Well, you know what? This will be great for trivia night, I'm sure, at some point next year. Hell yeah. At some, it's like 20 years from now, you're going to need that knowledge and you're going to text me or whatever the future version of texting is. Yeah. And you're going to be like, tuna. Guess what? Guess what? Actually, you probably not because you never call me Tuna. You'll be like, friend. But friend. Guess what I did? Oh, my God. Because we just call each other friend. friend. Yeah. Because there names can of- only be one. You're <laughs> my single solitary friend. Friend. <laughs> the only one, one friend. <laughs> no. So so for our episode this week, uh, I don't think we have any uh, involvement of Richard Nixon, but I could be wrong. You could. I could. I don't know. Um, we are consuming uh, a beer called Time Scoop. Um, scoop from, like a scoop of ice cream. Like a scoop of ice cream or something um, from the Browery West in Brrr. San Pedro, California. This is a canned conditioned Saison ale. And Ooh. I thought, well, okay, Time Scoop. Uh, I think when I purchased this can, my initial thought was we can do another Time Slip episode. Yeah. Or I thought ice cream. And time slip one. It was a real yeah. close one between ice cream parlors and time slips. I was like, I was like, either one, both honestly sound difficult, but I will find something yeah. that means that to me. And I found, I was like, it might be a little easier for time slippage. <laughs> so that is what we are going with. So Sweet. For I love my, a good time slip. So yeah. for my time slip, which we'll find out, I, I didn't quite do the assignment, but that's my show and I do what I want. Good. Um, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm going to give you a smattering again because I love most it. of these stories I love a cornucopia of mini stories. Yes. I love it. Because I love it. it. It's my go-to a lot. It's yeah. a great idea. It's a it's a fantastic idea because a lot of these stories aren't that long. Now, word of warning: we have passed cornucopia season. It is oh. now on towards Christmas. So we have a, a wreath 
season? Sure. A stocking stuffer, if yeah. you will. Yeah. You I have, have a, a stocking stuffed, stuffed with mini stories. With mini stories. A twig full like of it. berries. That sounds like a penis. Sure. <laughs> So anyway, in order to ensure that I did not talk about the um, same stories twice, I did go back to our first episode from Time Slips from the end. It was our last episode of 2019. And man, were were we optimistic about this new fucking decade. Oh, shit. Oh, we were we were like, oh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. We're like, this decade sucked. Yeah, this one's going to be the, the much better. In fact, tuna even said um, oh no we're gonna make this next decade better we didn't we did to be no. fair we're barely started you know what though these two years are worse than all of the last yeah ten. We don't know all of the last ten. i feel like we're running out of time to turn this fucking boat around man yeah so we were bullish on the 2020s and that just right down the yeah top. yeah i feel like this has taught me to stop being optimistic don't about be optimistic things yeah. and accept that i live in a dumpster garbage fire bear yeah. market yeah of optimism. and just solely wait for the sweet release of death yeah and and we're only two years into the new decade yep. so just breathe in the water and let the calm, calm take, take over as the 2020s yeah. just, continue just walk to flow into off. the ocean yep just go just take this slow prideful yeah. steps towards your death yeah okay you guys just to be clear this is a comedy podcast oh, is it? <laughs> oh i forgot sorry i just got very um pessimistic about the future <laughs> you were like you were like yeah we all thought it was going to be fine tuna was the super dumbest about she fucking jinx that shit she's like we're gonna make this next decade better wrong tuna's a big dumb shit fucking wrong asshole yep. <laughs> anyway just, just join it a covert agency and go behind enemy lines, get caught and eat your arsenic tooth. Anyway. It's um, straight into the future. <laughs> time slips, or in my case, two time anomalies and maybe one time slip. There you go. That's how I was I'm, that the episode where I talked about that weird clock thing. You talked the about future the future clock. The I think so. And then the photos of the two guys that went back in time. And it looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. The like hipster in the old pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Um, See, so, when I did a, a a stocking full of mini stories. Yeah. Yes. Um, so in 2011, the Woolrich Foot Tunnel, uh, which is a tunnel that goes underneath the River Thames. It connects North Woolrich to just plain ass Woolrich. Okay. Great. Clever. Yeah. It's a okay. clever thing. All right. Um, All right. Was closed for renovation. The foot tunnel at that point was 100 years old and was in need of modernization. I can imagine. Yes, it, one might imagine. After 100 years, shit goes wrong. Um, so while the renovation was scheduled to take about 10 months to complete, um, the tunnel opened eight months behind schedule in 2012. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. worthy um, of a dramatic pause for the incompetence of our <laughs> bureaucracies. So ask workers why it took so long, and you may get a surprising answer. Time Ghost. anomalies. Okay. Time. I forgot. I forgot what the point of this episode was. <laughs> In my defense, nine times out of ten, that will have been a real good guess. Yes. <laughs> this is just the the ten percent where you're round. You're like no, no. I'm like friend, friend, friend. <laughs> no. Here goes that two to be a big dumb dumb again. <laughs> just like she was in 2019. <laughs> big dumb dummy. Stupid dumb tuna. <laughs> So um, unlike time slips where you are transported into another time, 
time anomalies are these weird phenomenon in which time just stops. Okay. okay. Yeah. Understood. Um, so according to one worker, he experienced these anomalies several times while working on the project. Um, since the construction workers were, were working on the renovation from both ends of the tunnel, they, yeah, set he was. Up, yeah, they set up tunnels on each side. And if someone needed supplies on one side, they would just radio over to the other and go, hey, can you walk over? the supplies that we need so it was yeah. like the only people going back and forth between the two sides were the workers but they used the tunnel to hey do so. man you got a bag of weed yeah i'm just gonna i'll bring that's, it over that's what it was these fucking guys were high in these tunnels the whole time oh. red oh. rover red rover send carpenter nails right over red hey rover man. red rover send another dime bag over bro oh you know what bob this is the wrong tom accent oh because they're in england oh because this is the River Thames. This is the wrong Rover, accent. Red Rover. There we go. Well, I that was me thou some marijuana. I'm excited it. to be high in the tunnel. So <laughs> this, intoxicated. This one day, the foreman asked our storyteller, whom I will call Henry, because he is anonymous. Okay. Um, he asked him to come over. So Henry walks through the tunnel, um, which workers affectionately refer to as the Long Walk. I'm just doing the long walk, my name Henry. He's going to the long walk, and he gets out on the other end and asks the I'm foreman. I'm on the other end, my name is still Henry. And he's like, hey, man, what's up? The foreman's eyes um, kind of bulged out of his head, and he was like, I just radioed you like a minute ago. How the fuck did you get here so fast? That's not what he said. He goes, oi, I just bloody <laughs> radioed you like fucking one minute ago. How the fuck did you get here so fast? And And Henry was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just walked across. Um, so he was like, that well, was no, beautiful. That, that was bit great. of theater was lovely. It's take I a moment like to appreciate there. that theater. That was amazing. I was transported. Through I, time I was and there. <laughs> I was in, in a space time anomaly in a tunnel. You're welcome. Um, Henry was like, no, seriously, I, I walked across. Like it took me a few minutes to get across here. And he's like, no, you must have some sort of like buggy or something. Underneath oh, the tunnel that did he, he got did he so accuse fast. him of having a bicycle? He did accuse him of having like a bike, and he was like, "No, that's stupid." So he went, "Fine, here's what we're gonna do." If I had a bicycle, where I put it, I shove up my ass. <laughs> so the foreman was like, "Fine, I'm gonna give you this red box, and I'm gonna go back over. And once you get up to the other side, I want you to come out the tunnel, hold up the red box over your head, so I can see that you've done it." And so Henry fine he's like this is weird he takes the red box he does the long walk back across the tunnel and he gets up on the other side and he holds up the red box um however when he gets on the other side waves the box the foreman radios him again and was like dude oi you just fought and left again so apparently it seemed like he told him to go and he was up on the other side holding up the box within so a minute. so time does not affect henry in the tunnel no no so time seems to go normal for Henry, but in the outside world, it's only a few seconds. Interesting. Think, think the Stephen King book, 12, 11, 23, 63, or two, or whatever. Uh-huh. It's very, this feels very similar to this time anomaly. So the um, weird anomaly um, also, you know, was a joke amongst the crews. Like a lot of the guys where um, they were just like, I'm going to submit extra time on my time card because it seems like I'm working 12 hours a day in here. But when I get out of the tunnels and leave, it's still, it's like 10 minutes after I left. 
Oh god! Um, these people were high. One hundred percent, they were. Oh my god, dude, it's been. It oh, I've been here forever. It's been five minutes. Like a hundred percent. So people stopped relying on regular watches and phones while they were in the tunnel, um, since it seemed that time would stop, um, while they were there. Um, the workers, you know really didn't complain much because at first they were like, we're putting in a full day's work in the tunnels. And when we leave, it's still daytime. So I've still my full day ahead of me. So they would essentially be living two days in one. And after a certain point in time, the workers started to get exhausted. Yeah. Because they're living essentially two days in one. Yeah. And he's sleepies. They yeah. get very sleepies. Um, some workers experimented by sleeping in the tunnels just to see how long they could be down there. And see, you know, how much time has passed. And the and they woke up in the 1970s. The Some people were there, the equivalent of three tunnel days. And when they emerged from the tunnel, it seemed like it was the time they originally went in. Oh, shit. Three Whoa. whole days. Three whole days. So it just seems that time will stop whenever you're in the tunnel. Like, it feels like to you, time goes on. And, you know, you age like you normally would. But in the real world, it's just minutes or seconds. So it's like you can age three years while you're working, but in the end, it's only like 10 months. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, which is very much like that Stephen King novel, which you should read. It's very good. Um, so Henry and a Bulgarian co-worker named Pita uh, tried another experiment. Since again, it seemed like, you know, you sort of emerge from the tunnel so quickly. Um, so the pair tied a rope around Peter's waist and Henry held on to one end. Um, Peter was to go down into the tunnel and another group who was watching from above ground would um, basically shout down to Henry. Hey, I see him once um, Peter kind of emerges from the other end, at which point uh -huh. Peter was to tug on the, uh, the rope. I'm sorry. Uh, Henry's to tug on the rope and Peter was to, you know, respond. Okay. So that was the idea of the experiment. So. Um, Peter starts walking and just as Peter's about to sort of turn a corner in the tunnel, Henry feels the rope tighten and the guys outside say, hey, he's across and waving a red flag. The odd thing is Peter also hears that. And Peter's, Peter's not on the other side. Peter is still very much in the tunnel, still very much making eye contact with Henry. And Peter's eyes bulge because he took a red flag out of his pocket. And that was part of the experiment. He wasn't going to tell them what he had in his pocket. So very much oh. that was him on the other end. And so Henry was like, okay, he bolts upstairs and he himself also sees Peter on the other end, arm around another coworker waving the red flag. Peter then just goes across the, the thing, the tunnel. So why didn't Peter come out to look at his, his, his own self on the other side of the tunnel? That's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, I would have done it too, but I don't know if he was just so, because according to Henry, like Peter never spoke about it again. No, because like he you, was just so weirded out by it that he's like, I'm, I'm done. You I'm, see the, the negaverse version of yourself and then you explode on sight. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. He was afraid if you look at yourself or you see yourself in the future. Mm -hmm. That's real science. That is real science. I've seen Time Cop. <laughs> yeah um so peter like i said never really talked about it and the workers eventually did get on with the work opened eight months after schedule and ever since then the anomalies just seem to have stopped so now people who go through the tunnel do not experience the same sort of anomaly that they did while they were working oh it's almost like as they were fixing the tunnel they like hit a pocket of time altering matter something that like dissipated over time or something yeah that once the construction was done and everything was fine it was like all back to normal because they haven't had a report since 
Interesting. I I feel like I'm with Bob on this one. These workers were getting high and working half days. Probably. Yeah, I was about to say these. Yeah, like these guys are fucking high, traipsing back and forth in these tunnels, not building the fucking thing. No. 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 They just were taking tours around London. Hey, man. And they get high and they're like, I think I worked like a full day, man. No, I feel like I've been on here for like three days, man. No, dude, it's like been no time at all. I'm so, I'm so just, tired. I'm just gonna go like wander around London for a minute, and I'm gonna go does, home. Does time travel make you hungry? Cause like I'm starving. I I'm so hungry. Give me some <laughs> chips, man. I just need some chips. <laughs> no, they said they need some crisps. Cause oh, crisps or chips. Cause or they chips, want fries. fries. I yeah. mean, some of us love fries. Um, so anyway, that's the story of the Woolrich foot tunnel and the weird time anomaly there. That is strange. So another story I found um, through Mysterious Universe's website um, involved a person seeing something before it actually happened. So her time anomaly was seeing the future. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Um, so this story is out of Alabama in the 1920s and was told by a woman named Eula White. Eula White from Bama. From Alabama. So Eula was a farm worker and she was outside of the farm of Mr. Hawkins one day working her thing. So she would shell peas. <laughs> working her thing. Working her thing. Um, so her, her Mr. job. Mr. Hawkins, it has surely been a very difficult day of shelling these shelling peas. Shelling peas and beans and putting them into bushels. That was Eula White's job, which sounds awful. But okay. Um, So anyway. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. I have the delicate hands of an artist. I can't do it. Yeah, no, for sure. So Mr. Hawkins left the house one day. He hopped on his horse and headed into town. His wife ran out after him and reminded him, "Uh, dear, do pick up a bag of flour on your way on it at the store. Husband turns around and is like, okay, Martha. Of course, dear love. Of course, I will. And so he skedaddled off towards town. Uh, Eula went back to shelling peas with the other workers um, and around mid-afternoon they hear something so they look up and they see Mr. Hawkins coming toward the house. Uh, On the saddle in front of him was the bag of flour and in his left arm was a brown grocery bag. Um, He rode up to the gate and stopped waiting for somebody to come and open the gate so he can come through. So a couple worker, actually the children, so his kids went over to the gate to open it up. And as soon as they get to the gate, Mr. Hawkins disappears. Oh, everybody, everybody sees this too. So it's not just the children who see it. Eula sees it. Mrs. Hawkins sees it. Everybody sees Mr. Hawkins come in. And as soon as he gets to the gate, he disappears. Vanish. So people are freaking out as I would. Uh, if I just saw a man disappear. He was here um, a moment ago and has now simply vanished into thin air like a fart in the wind. Yeah. Uh, after like maybe half an hour, um, everybody sort of calmed down enough to sort of try to get back to work. Um, and Mrs. Hawkins uh, made the kid close the gate like, uh, please do that. There's some witchcraft apparently attached to this gate. You need to close it again. So about 30 minutes after the gate is closed, Eula looks up again and she sees Mr. Hawkins once again, approaching the house with a brown grocery bag in his left arm. Did you say 20 minutes? 30. 30, 30 minutes. minutes. 30 minutes later, she sees the same apparition she saw before. Uh, brown paper bag in his left arm. Saddle uh, has the flower in it. And he 
you know, rides up to the gate. And everybody at this point is too afraid to go over there. Oh, fear yeah. That it would happen again. So he's a phantom. Right. So they're all just kind of staring at him. And he's like looking back Open at the them. goddamn gate. And yeah, this time you lock the gate. I can't he looks get at them and the he's shit. like, uh, is someone going to open the gate for me? Is someone going to open the gate for me? And then they're like, oh, he's real this time. So they ran oh, over. He's re- Can you imagine? You're like, are you going to open this door? And someone was like, oh, you're real. this. Oh, time. you're real this time. So then they did. And so- I'm real all the time, Martha. No. So they I do beg to differ. So they, they saw um, Mr. Hawkins in the future. So it was basically like some sort of weird time anomaly where they saw mm. what was about to happen 30 minutes before it actually happened. Fascinating. And creepy and so mundane. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's just an everyday sort of activity. Yeah. Um, and then the final story I will tell you is an actual time slip because I thought might as well do the assignment. Sure. Um, so this is a time slip that was witnessed by uh, two German gentlemen, uh, J. Bernard Hutton and Joachim Brandt in 1932. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, the pair were sent to do so. Uh, Hutton was a journalist and Brandt was a photographer. They worked for a local newspaper and they were sent to do a feature story on the Hamburg shipyard in Germany. And what year is this? 1932. Okay, just checking. Sure. So the war hasn't exactly yep. started yet, but yep. we do just have checking. a certain man... We are here to do a story about a very interesting young man with some very unusual ideas. Yeah. I feel like he was already sort of expressing his ideas he to said, the but He is very popular. What, what if all facial hair was symmetrical? What if it was all squares? And just also, what lip. if... What if everyone was blonde? And had the blue eyes. Even though I myself... Do not have blonde hair or blue yes. eyes. Have you been to Sweden? <laughs> the people there are quite lovely. How do you feel about German shepherds? <laughs> they are the best dog, no? <laughs> anyway, the pair went, they did their assignment, and as they were leaving, they hear airplanes overhead look up and see just a sea of fire pla- uh, fighter planes coming toward the shipyard. Anti-aircraft guns start shooting at the planes, Bombs are being dropped. Buildings are collapsing. Dead people are everywhere. It's like a literal war zone. So in the yeah. span of like four seconds from as they were leaving the shipyard, all hell is breaking loose. They're trying to run for their safety and their lives because there are people being blown up all around them. They go to a security guard and they're like, what can we do? And the guy's like, you just need to leave. So they they run out, they leave, and they start heading back into Hamburg. And the closer they got to Hamburg, the more like the sky opened up the clouds parted. They turned around in their mirror and everything around the shipyard was back to normal. And they're like, weird. That's very weird. And so they went back to the newspaper. They explained what happened and everyone's like, are you sure you didn't go out drinking? (laughs) And they blamed them for like going out and getting drunk. They're like, no, no, no. This is something that really happened. And they said, yeah, sure. Okay, just write your story. Mr. Houghton, Mr. Bird, I have once again, you had a liquid lunch. I do feel like uh, you have a bit of an alcohol problem. Excuse me, have you been smoking the wacky tobacco? <laughs> you need to be corrected. You know, you know, in the past, there, there was a story of a bunch of British gentlemen who were attempting to build a bridge but spent the whole day high. Is this you with your, your current responsibilities at the newspaper? Mm, yeah. So anyway, um, Hutton moves to England um, shortly before the start of World War II. He is a smart man. 
looks around and goes, I don't want to be here. Yeah. So he He literally saw the future and went, that shit's bleak. Yeah. So he went, I'm going to move to England. So he did. And one morning in 1943, he opens up the newspaper and what does he see? Um, But that the RAF has conducted a successful air raid on the Hamburg shipyard, exactly how he experienced it nine years earlier. I That's thought, crazy. I thought what was going to happen was he actually like moved to Clydebank in Scotland oh. and then ended up in the Clydebank br- Blitz right. at their shipyard and it was the same thing. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I simply can't get away from this. <laughs> he did get away from the yeah. Hamburg one at least. But yeah, so him. he uh, time slip and saw into the future. That's pretty rad. So those That's are my crazy. time slip smatterings. That's good. It was a good smatter of slips. Thank those you. are good slippage smatters. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to yell at you. We'll come back. We'll get some more slips matters. You're going to love. Hello, everyone. I'm a German photographer here to take photographs of the Booze and Brews podcast. Hey, you know what you should do is go on the iTunes and take a photograph of that, but only after you've submitted a review with five stars and said nice things about them. Also, what you should do is go to the Booze and Brews Patreon, patreon.com slash boozeandbrews, where you can see audio episodes, video episodes, and show sketches, which are also photographs of drawings. Also... Social media websites. We have them. You have them. Come talk. You can go to the Twitter. That's Booze and Bruce. Also the Facebook. Also Booze and Bruce. And the Instagram. Booze and Bruce podcast. That one is almost exclusively photographs. Okay, back to the show. Go. Go. Fucking do it. Well, I'm glad that you did one time slip. Uh, because, because you've done none you tie slip, zero time slip. I knew it. I pulled a tuna. You just did whatever you felt like. You talking about ice cream shops, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> you are. I'm not tell. talking about ice cream shops. Sure. But I did whatever that means to me. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I thought, you know, a time slip is when you slip through time. Sure. Accidentally. Yeah. What about those of us who, on purpose, travel through time? Ooh. What if you? Shit through time. That's what a feat. if you, I didn't find any of those stories. I don't if you know think if that's about possible. it, every turd is a time slip because you shit through time. Yeah, you can't shit instantaneously. It takes a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you Seth. can't shit instantaneously. Anyway, so I'm Snap going to tell you the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I decided to because we've done time slips a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to remember which ones we did before. I didn't want to tell a story we've already done. We've done the big ones, yeah. So I was like, what about time travelers yeah. or like time machines? You right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to tell you about probably America's occultist America's most well known time traveler. Ooh, I'm going to tell you a a very light. Uh, story of John Titer. Ooh, I thought you were gonna maybe talk about the guy from New York that said he came back. Uh, I'm excited. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So uh, this this you could dive very deep into this into the internet of conspiracy theories. Okay. So I'm oh, gonna give you I'm <laughs> gonna give you the cliff as I was doing this and I started to dive into like the multiverse and stuff and I was like really engineer Bob should have done a much deeper dive on this. Yeah. Oh, I but can. I, he still can. You, you definitely could. There's a lot of there there. Oh Damn. my goodness. So I'm going to give you a little a little a, a cliff notes of a cliff notes if you will. Okay. Um and I pulled most of this cuz there's a ton of articles about John Titer and they're 
very deep. Some of them get super sciencey. Some of them dive into a whole bunch of other conspiracy theories I didn't want to get into. Mm-hmm. So Wikipedia was really good and focused. Also, soapbox time. It's the time of year when Wikipedia asks you for money. money. They want like two dollars, three dollars. Give them three dollars, guys. Just give them three bucks. Just give them three bucks. A lot of our podcast research comes from Wikipedia. I need this. I, I just gave them info. $15. Like, just give them some dollars, guys. Sure. Wikipedia does a lot for us. Yes, yeah. I agree. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you about John Titor. I assume it's Titor. It's T-I-T-O-R. Titor. Titor. John Titor. John Titor. So John Tit. John Titor. So John the Tit first shows up. John. Titor John. John the Tit first shows up. Uh, in 1998, mm-hmm. on one of my favorite radio programs, Coast to Coast, with our friend Art Bell. Oh, yes. So back in the day, Art Bell, when he used to host Coast to Coast, he would do call-in shows where people could call in and be like, tell their strange experiences or tell like whatever their weird story was. Yep. And so this man sends a fax, as you do. Oh, in the 90s. Yeah, that is exactly yes. what you do. All right, do. you're on caller. Yes. He sends a a fax. It says, uh, claiming to be a man named John Titter, Mm -hmm. who is a time traveler. And his original fax says, Dear Art, I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from anywhere past the year 2500. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Oh. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and the direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. The internet is a series of tubes. Yeah. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. So basically, he's like the multiverse. Like you, yeah. you yeah. going back in time or forward in time creates a new timeline. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. Um, Some interesting outcomes of this are, one, you meet yourself. I have done it often and even taken younger versions of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models don't exist or books that come out later. Hmm. Uh, Unfortunately... It was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from 2036, because that is when time travel was invented, Mm -hmm. hits a brick wall at the year 2564. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. Huh. Um, So this is this first message that he sends through. Okay. Okay. Um, And again, this is on Coast to Coast. Um, these are like faxes and then like other people are calling in, they're talking about it, but they can't have any real discourse. There's no back and forth. Yeah. Well, cause the guy faxed his shit. It's not like yeah. I can yes. ask him questions. So it becomes very popular. So then he starts sending in more and more faxes. He okay. sends a bunch of faxes in uh, like fairly often. Yeah. And basically what he's, what he's explaining is that like Y2K was a real thing. We have to fix it. Okay. And he says that like, if we don't fix Y2K, cause again, this is 98. Yeah. 
if we don't fix 98, then there will be an uprising. The government will have to institute martial law. And then because of that, the old government will be toppled down and a new government will rise up in its place. Only that actually classic, happened. Classic. Yeah. 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 Yes. So this is basically what he's like rallying against. Like we have to fix Y2K. Okay. Um, then he starts showing up on a website called the Time Travel Institute. Okay. Um, and he shows up under the username time travel underscore zero. Oh, it should have been time travel underscore 69. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would have been um, better. So he starts showing up and being like, yo, I'm John from Coast future. to Coast. Here, I'm from the future. I'm from 2036. I'm, I'm the time traveler. I can tell you all about time travel. I can answer any questions you have about time machines and time travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he like... Is on very active on this forum and starts like people ask questions and people ask like very scientific questions, which he answers. People also ask questions like, "Hey, do you still wipe your ass with toilet paper in 2023?" <laughs> yeah. Of course, and he'll be of like, "They do." You guys have like, like dick we, sucking robots in the future. Yeah, and he'll be like, "Yeah, we do." And also, we have we still have people obsessed with butts in 2023. So calm down. Fuck yeah. That's accurate. So calm down. Um, Babe, our future is safe. Hell yeah. So then through the posts, we learn a lot about uh, his time machine, how time travel works. Mm -hmm. This is how I have broken down what his posts are about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about John himself. Okay. So first of all, his machine, in case you're curious, Mm -hmm. he explains it a lot. It's a lot of science, science, magic, science, science. Right. Mostly magic. But basically... It is a stationary mass, so it's a it's a physical thing. Okay. It's a temporal displacement unit with two top spin dual positive singularities producing a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how that works. Makes sense. Obviously. And in case Some you're of curious, those words actually do make sense to me, which is... Oh, I will say this. All of them have Wikipedia hyperlinks and are sciencey. Okay. They're not made up science. Those are all real science things. I don't know where the flux capacitor goes... But it's all real science. Time travel possible. Yeah, we're we're about to get there. In case you are curious, this machine is about five hundred pounds. Okay, and when you run it, it gets very hot inside. Oh, so you got to come out naked. Yeah, and getting back to the flux capacitor, you will be interested to know that John's first occurrence of this time travel machine, how he takes it back and forth in time, is um he puts it in the rear seat of a nineteen sixty six Chevrolet Corvette. But All then right. on later, nice but then on later, the classic survive in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but then in uh, later time travels, he moves it to the back of a 1987 four wheel drive truck. It's easier to carry around because it that is a big sense. machine. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that he does need to rely on at that point in 2036, very old automobiles because he's going back in time. Oh, so, so then he's the from the future. Yeah. He's going him? back in time. So he needs a car that would exist where I he's going back to. I thought it was just he would then, you know, sit through his little time machine. I, I didn't realize that like the car would I go I thought it just him. like classic cars in the future. It's like, look, everybody's got these cool ass flying space cars. I drive a classic. No. I got a, yeah, I, I drive got, a 1966 I a, Corvette. I got yeah. a fucking Stingray over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so then uh, he also explains like how time travel works. And basically it's the many worlds theory. It's it's basically the multiverse. Every time you travel, Earth you create a new offshoot. Every offshoot, every possibility that's ever happened is all happening at the same time. It's the episode of Community where they throw up the six sided dice and then it's the six universes. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And every time he goes back, he changes something slightly, which creates a new offshoot, which makes a new universe, which is also how he explains 
why some of his information is correct, but not all of it, because he has altered the world just by being in it. Sure. Okay. You know, that seems really convenient. It is. But also sciency. Of course, things are slightly different. He's, he's interacting. In this world now. Butterfly effect. He stepped on he's, an ant and now. Fuck yeah. Yeah, he's talking it. to old versions of himself. And of course, many people get on him very quickly. Why don't you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Yeah. Why don't you go back in time and like all these things? Like, why aren't you improving the world through time travel? And he basically is like, one, how do you know that I'm not? Mm. Because if I'm stopping things that never happen, you're never going to hear about them. Okay. And two, what? If I don't know what my stopping something does until I go back to the future. Uh. So how do you know that I'm not back here trying to fix mistakes that I have made in trying to fix other things? Yeah. And and we so, would not uh, see the effects of him killing baby Hitler because that would be done in an alternate timeline, yeah. not in our Earth 626. Or, and, and then what if in that timeline, the Earth explodes? Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, Gotta undo then, that one real quick. <laughs> yeah, so people people start asking for like very specific instances and he's like, I can't get into it because I can't, me sharing information with you changes this timeline and I can't do that too much because I don't know what the ramifications are. But he's like, for example, lots of people kept asking him, why don't you stop the bombing on Pearl Harbor? Yeah. Like that is something that you could have done. It would have changed how World War II worked. And he was like, yes, it deeply changes what happens in World War II. And I can't get into it, but basically everyone dies in Y2K if I stop Pearl Harbor. Huh. Okay. Okay. Sure. And he's basically really at this convenient. point, because this is like this 2000. This is obsessed with the year 2000. Well, this is 2000, 2001. So he first showed up in 98 being yeah. like, Y2K. And now he's like, don't worry, I fixed it. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah, that's yeah. why Y2K wasn't a thing. Because I did Y2K was not a big deal because of Titty John. Because of Titty yes, John. because of John the Tits. Yep. Yes. And so then people are like, okay, why are you here? Yeah. Um, and John explains that he is, he's on a, he's on a, a mission from, from, from God. No, he is on a mission from the government. He is a government operative who okay. has been sent back in time on a very specific mission okay. to accomplish. So his original task was to go back in time to 1975, which is why he was originally in a 66 Corvette. Right. Because it had to be appropriate for that time. So he was originally going back in time to 1975 to retrieve the original version of IBM's 500 computer. Okay. Which was like one of the first sort of, not portable, but like microprocessing units. Right. And he explains that there's something within this computer, which was sort of a developmental oversight at the time, the internet. which they fixed in later versions. But now they need a version of that computer that has the air quotes unfixed yeah. like chip in it because they need that unfixed chip to work on a computer program program in the future to fix what's basically he's like talking all around it's a lot of computer science gobbledygook but basically there's a Facebook. there's a there's the unix 2038 problem which is basically another Y2K. It's like the way that Unix writes dates and has started recording time. Basically, Unix runs into the Y2K, everything is zeros in 2038. Sure. Okay. This, this feels all very like made up. Yeah, you, it's, I'm this like, guy's like, it's a real. I was like, calm down, sir. It, no, no, it's a real thing. Changing the dates. We're going to fucking, this is insane. 
It's a real thing we have since fixed, but there was going to be a Unix problem in 20, 2038 the same way there was going to be a Y2K problem if we didn't fix it. Sure. So he And he's coming from 2036, so he's like from two years before this is going to happen, so he's come back to get this original computer. Uh-huh. And the reason that John was sent... What about the TPS reports? I know. Do you have them on my desk by the end of the day? Yeah. <laughs> um, was that his paternal grandfather was involved in the development of the original IBM 500. Mm-hmm. So he should be able to insinuate himself into these people's lives and get the computer oh, very and take easily, it back yes. to where it needs to be. He just has to talk about, like, yeah, I'm my grandpa. Well, he tells people that he's a time traveler all the time. He's very involved. He he visits with his family. He visits with like relatives and stuff and tells them like, I'm so-and-so's great-grandson from the future. Sure, and I'm sure they're like, yeah, stop smoking yeah. that magic herb. So then people are like, okay, cool. If your mission, people will ask a lot of questions about like, what is this thing? And he's like, look, to be honest, the man who signs my paychecks told me that this is my mission and I'm not in a position to question it. So this is what I'm doing. Mm. Which is also very convenient to not answer questions. Oh, absolutely. Um, but then people are like, why are you here in 2000, 2001 then? Yeah. And he's like, well, um, I'm here for, quote, personal reasons. What? Is he one of the, oh. is he one of the guys that crashed the plane in the <laughs> World Trade Center in 2001? Knew it. He's here for personal reasons. Um, and he's waiting for another. He can't just jump back and forth whenever. There has to be openings. Like he can only jump to specific times at specific times. Sure. 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 So he's waiting for his opportunity to jump back to 2036. Okay. And deliver the computer, which I assume he has. Um, but while he's here, he's visiting his family. And while he's visiting his family, he's also collecting lots of like pictures and heirlooms and like artifacts and stuff from his family because most of them were, quote, destroyed in the Second American Civil War. Well, Uh-oh. that feels. Uh oh. <laughs> Turn my page of notes. I mean, I feel like that's. Oh, sad. Johnny. <laughs> yes. So, oh, Johnny, Johnny has. Johnny Johnny the Tits has some bleak observations about what happens in the future. Yeah, and he too. says that like the timeline changes between two and a half to seven percent is his guesstimation from what his version of reality is. So he's not a hundred percent sure when or how things are going to go down. But here's what he says is going to happen. Okay. <clears throat> so okay. the first thing is he's very concerned about. Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease, COVID nineteen. Super concerned about it. No, you know it's basically mad cow disease. Oh, interesting. It's okay. basically mad cow, and this was before mad cow was in the news. Right. Okay. So he's just like, this shit is gonna be real bad. Okay. But then he stops it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about mm-hmm. COVID? He didn't stop that fucking loser. No, there's no talk of COVID. No, I but- can't go outside because of this idiot. He's very concerned. And he says, this is what happened in my reality. I'm not sure if it's going to happen when it happened for me, but this is what's going to happen. It may just take us longer to get there. Okay. And here's why I keyed it on this story, you guys. Because he says what's going to happen, what leads to the next American Civil War. All right. um, Is an uprising based on civil rights. Oh, Jesus. Um, that stems from, in his timeline, the 2004 presidential election. Okay. Okay. So the 2004 presidential election in our timeline, that was baby Bush re-election versus Kerry. Yep. 
not actually a super contentious election in our timeline. No. no. Um, and he starts to be like, I'm not sure that this is the election in this timeline, but it is going to be an election that has a polarizing effect on the American public. That didn't happen. And he said, <laughs> talking about, didn't he said, the year after the election, the country erupts into civil unrest and there are, quote, Waco-like events nearly monthly. Mm. Um, and it gets steadily worse until about two to three years in, it is, quote, pretty much on everyone's doorstep. Hmm. Um, so that so then I was like, guys, this is this is feeling really like what we're doing right now. This is really feeling <laughs> like feeling it, took too us, real. it took us an extra 15 years, but I think we got there. Yeah. Hey, thanks for thanks for holding it off at least 20 years there. Titty yeah. Guns. Yeah. So precursor of what's to come after all of this uprising because of an election and yeah. the polarizing effect it has on our country. Yeah. yeah. Um, the U.S. is going to split into five primary factions. Okay. Um, the socialists. Uh, there's basically it basically splits into five separate countries who all go to war with each other. Oh, God. oh boy! Um, within America, and he says he has an exact date, but he won't say it because he's like it'll be different now because of it. But he calls it End Day, which is basically like a Civil War D Day, where basically American-based missiles completely obliterate the cities of Washington D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> You know what? Jacksonville deserves to go. Yeah. And it becomes polarizing so much so that a large chunk of the nation rallies together and makes Omaha the new country's capital. Sure. I have been to Omaha. It fucking sucked. I got to tell you something right now. I was actually invested in this story and I was (laughs) buying it. And then he said the capital becomes Omaha. Omaha fucking blows. There is no way. I think it's because there's these five warring factions and the biggest faction is middle America, which is the fucking middle of America. And that's why it's Omaha. Sure. Sure. Um, And he says that (laughs) he says about five about. So it takes about five years for uh, us to get to this point. And then we fight civilly for seven to ten years. Okay. And then it culminates in a quote short but intense World War Three. Oh, Oh boy! Which Most is World based, War 3s would be short and intense. These yeah. Yes. Yeah, so our somehow American Civil War parlays into World War Three, sure. short but intense. Sure, sure, sure. Which is based on overpopulation, border control issues, mm. and quote something with the Arabs and Israel. Oh God! Okay, that's an easy one because the Arabs and the Israelites have been fighting for. Fucking fifty so, years already. Here's, here's yeah, that felt like up. low-hanging fruit. Yeah, that's very low. Here's where he fucked up because the Pentagon is saying that the big problem right now is actually climate change because it's creating famine and it's causing a lot of people to be displaced. So once again, John the Tit, you fucked up. I'm out on your story. Or him being here somehow altered our timeline. Created climate change. Now I want to kill John the that's Tit. A, you're sounding like yeah, a maybe CIA we should kill John the Tit. Psyop, and I don't like it. <laughs> so John the Tit left. In 2001, <laughs> he he said, I found my my moment. I'm yeah. going back home. He posted a farewell message on the message boards being like, bye bye. OK, I'm off. And then and it left a lot of people questioning. Was this real? Who really was it? Lots of people were digging into it. There's lots of theories about it being a hoax and who John the tit is. I'm not going to talk about that because that's less fun. But then. <laughs> like four years later a, a dude 
shows up and it's like, yo, it me, John the Tit, and starts doing like television and newspaper interviews. Okay. Okay. Um, so he and he claims that he's not the original John the Tit. He's a clone. Oh, oh boy. Oh <laughs> he's a clone. Boy. Sure. Of John sure. the Tit. Uh-huh. And I will leave you with some parting words from John the Tit. He did an interview. I think this is from a Hustler article. Oh, Hustler. He, t- he did an interview. Very well in, regarded. In, I love yeah, it. In February of 2005, he did an interview with Hustler. Um, and they were like, hey, you were right about a lot of stuff. Do you have any advice for us facing the future? Like, is there any way we can make things better? Mm-hmm. And his advice for the future <clears throat> If you want to survive the coming conflict, learn to let fear keep you alive. Wow. What Too many the of fuck. Yeah, right. Too many of you turn off the life-saving natural instincts and premonitions when it's convenient. The same person who has five deadlock deadbolt locks on their door will think nothing about getting into a parking garage elevator with a total stranger. If you want to live, always keep your eyes open. Jesus. So that's his advice for the future. Fear everything. Fear keeps you alive. Oh. And on that positive note, that's my time <laughs> travel story. Jesus Christ. Wow. As I said, he, there's a lot. It's very deep. There's a woman involved who's like seems to be his like maybe girlfriend, but she says she's not. Oh. There's a lot of people who think it's an entertainment lawyer in Florida. Uh, that's why he picked Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he go. thinks Florida is expensive, <laughs> like important. Yeah, yes. that really made me think that that is true. Yeah, but anyway, he is on the internet considered to be like the most well-known time travel story, all because it's like started on Art Bell and Coast yeah. to Coast, which is like known for that kind of thing. Multiple years, yeah. But he fucking lives on, and there is so much more there. There, Bob, if you want to dive into the multiverse, there was a lot of science, science, I might have science to do that. Yeah, that I was like, this feels like a Bob Spiracy theory episode, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave that there for him. Right, delicious. It started to like 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 click a link and then it would take me to like Schrodinger and string theory. It was too much. It was yeah, too it's much. It's just a lot. It's a lot. As we've established in this episode, I'm dumb. So I didn't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. that is my not time slip, time on purpose travel. Yes. John Titer. Good. Titter. Good job. Well, that brings us to our beer. Again, as I mentioned, this is called Time Scoop. Um, from the Brewery West. Brewery. Brewery West. And it is a can-conditioned Saison Ale that clocks Ooh, in. Show me that can. Their cans are so pretty. They're covered in beautiful stickers. There's a cool. lot of yeah. stickers. Like you know what? There's a ton of dinosaurs on this. Classic it's from like primary colors. Here. Super cute. Very, really so many beautiful. dinosaurs. So many dinosaurs. Um, but anyway, it's a uh, 5.7% and I really enjoyed this beer. It's like, very good. Immensely. It had really good spice flavor. It wasn't too, um, too yeasty or anything, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. Saison's get like the crust and the crudulars in the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This had none of the crudulars. Like there was no sediment. Um, things were very well sour? balanced. It's not that no, sour. No, it really isn't. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's. Full, it's redolent with delightful spices. Yeah, I think it's delicious. Yeah, I would. Does it really, have really good. Good. Does it have any of that like farmhousey funk to it that saisons get sometimes? A little, a little bit, but it but is not, it is covered by the species. Yeah, 
This, I, I think amazing. it's delightful. It's it's very yeah. It's uh, it's light. It's refreshing. I would drink like I'd pound. Let's just yeah, sound, are, it's sounding almost like a Belgian. It is. Uh, I wouldn't say Belgian. Maybe more. It leans more to Hef in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree okay. with that. It's great. It, it it's sounds great. amazing. It's absolutely great. It's so good. Yeah. Ten out of ten. 10 would out of time 10 travel would, to go back 10 and drink out of 10 this again? Would, yeah, would take with me time traveling. Yeah, for Hell, sure. Hell yeah. Well, this is the part of the show where your old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Hey, guess what I like? What? British workers who get high. Yeah. Take, take the edge off, you guys. It sucks ah, out here. As a motherfucker. You know yeah. what else I love? What? Time travelers who appear in Hustler. What a great <laughs> magazine. Why the fuck not? Maybe what? next time, show us your dick. You know what else I love? We don't know that he didn't. German slip smatters. I love when you're slipping through time and you give me a smattering of them. You know what else I love? Time Traveler underscore 69. That's the name you should have chosen. It's really great. You know what else I love? British ass bicycles. What a great way to get down a tunnel. But if there's one thing I love more than anything, it's that old John the Tit fixed Y2K. All my computers work. Thanks, John. Vanessa wins. John. Thanks, John. (laughs) Man, you made. What a guy. Yeah, this was a fun. I was really struggling to find a time slip, but once I just decided I was going to misunderstand. Yeah, it was, it was great. a lot of fun. Time travel is bonkers, yeah, guys. This is yes, it is. Crazy. Because it really, they start to explain the science of it, and my eyes just glaze over. Glaze over. I'm and just like, I don't fucking know. You read man. the words, and you're like, these are words I am reading. I yep. don't know what they yeah. mean. It's like when you try, like, there, there, are, there are videos on the internet that attempt to explain the fourth dimension and then oh. the fifth dimension and then the sixth dimension. It's like when you see a picture of a tesseract and you're like, I don't, uh, how is that a fourth dimension? I don't get it. Yeah. But then you do get it. I don't know. It's, it's, this shit's weird. This shit's weird. Yeah. It's fucking, bo- and it's crazy because a lot of it is based in, act, like, string theory is all theory. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. all theoretical physics. So it all feels like it's real. Yeah. It could be. It, it could be. Could there know. could be a fucking multiverse. What it, if we? Are I on, mean, what if we're on Earth four twenty right yeah. now? I think Boys that week. it is probably true. Mm-hmm. Statistically, seems like it is. I don't know. See, this yeah. is it, guys. We're just Thank not capable for, of perceiving that dimension. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're I, the dumb I, dimension. Yeah. I am certainly not capable. This version of tuna is certainly no. not capable of perceiving that. No, in Earth like <laughs> nine eighty, we're wicked smart. But here, <laughs> oh, wicked smart. We're wicked smart. But here, we no. all live in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> because Jacksonville it's, got destroyed. Yeah, it's a weird Omaha's alternate universe where people from Boston are smart. Oh God, <laughs> I don't want to be there. On that insult, thank you thank guys you for guys. tuning in this week. Yes, please come back next week while we talk about something. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be booze, and there will be probably, Bruce. probably. And until then, cheers. cheers. Oh, good one. That phone case is killing it. <laughs>